Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. It was the sort of media frenzy that's normally reserved for the resignation of a prime minister. But on Friday evening... As a man in a long, dark coat with a bulky backpack and his belongings packed into a cardboard box walked out of number 10, the cameras flashed, the nation gasped, Twitter lit up and headlines were rapidly rewritten. Dominic Cummings has left his job as Boris Johnson's chief advisor with immediate effect. After a conversation with Boris Johnson today, it was decided he should go immediately. One of the most influential figures in Westminster propelled out of the door after a power struggle that erupted publicly and left Downing Street in turmoil. It marked the end of a week of frantic negotiations, rows, resignations and sackings and behind-the-scenes power struggles that could change the shape of politics in this country. We've had an extraordinary roller coaster. Everybody's been threatening to resign all the time over the last week. What has been going on behind the black door at Number 10? How will this change the government? And what does it tell us about the Prime Minister? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, all change at Number 10. The battle for the soul of Boris Johnson. This is about a lot more than whether Lee Kane or Allegra Stratton is in charge of government communications. This is, frankly, a battle that has been waging for weeks and weeks in Downing Street, a little bit under the radar, and it's all burst to the surface this week. That's Tim Shipman, the political editor of the Sunday Times. He's speaking to me on a hectic Friday afternoon as Dominic Cummings, the most high-profile and most controversial adviser to the PM, is leaving number 10 for the last time. Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings have been falling out over a period of months and I'm told over the last month or so, in a pretty spectacular fashion, that relationship has all but collapsed and to a degree... The Keynes-Stratton battle for power over communications has become the way that that falling out has expressed itself. It's sort of cause and consequence. So what was that row about? It really sums up the dilemma at the heart of Boris Johnson's number 10. Boris Johnson is Prime Minister because he backed leave in the referendum, because he aligned himself with a group of characters from the Vote Leave organisation 
who helped him to manoeuvre himself into position as party leader, to win a leadership election, to win a general election. And that's why he's there. Boris Johnson is also the guy who was mayor of London, who was once the most popular politician in the land, and who has quite liberal instincts on a lot of things. And those two sides of Boris Johnson have been in slight tension throughout his premiership. And this week, what you've seen are people who would like him to be a bit more like the Mayor of London, Boris, and people who think that he's only there because Leave voters installed him as Prime Minister. And they have different approaches to the world. They have a different approach to how they do business. The Vote Leave gang are extremely aggressive. They like to fight. They like to go on the attack. They like to go to war with people. Boris Johnson has discovered that that can be effective, but it can also make you quite unpopular. And that's something which he's always been fairly uncomfortable with. In order to soften his image and improve communications, Boris Johnson hired a new press secretary to be the face of his government in the media. Against Dominic Cummings and the Vote Leave camp's advice, he chose Allegra Stratton to fill the role. She's a former political editor of Newsnight. These two pages that I've just read have a series of assassinations that he admits himself. A former co-presenter of a politics show with Robert Peston. Morning, welcome to The Extra Leg. We're going to talk you through some of our material. And a one-time Guardian journalist. But all of that was before she went to work for the Chancellor. The final measure I'm announcing today has never been tried in the UK before. Along has come Allegra Stratton, who was until recently the Director of Communications in the Treasury, working with Rishi Sunak. And Boris Johnson looked at what she did for Rishi Sunak, and making him easily the most popular member of the government and one of the most popular politicians in the land. And he's thought, that used to be me, and I'd quite like a bit of that. And by bringing in Allegra Stratton, he's put noses out of joint amongst members of that Vote Leave team, primarily Lee Kane and Dominic Cummings above him. It's been reported that Allegra only agreed to take up the job if she could report directly to Boris Johnson and not to the Director of Communications, one of Dominic Cummings' closest allies, Lee Kane, which made him all but redundant. That's how the week began. The week that changed everything started with Lee Kane, a man hardly known outside the Westminster village, but who'd come to be one of the Prime Minister's closest and most loyal advisers furious and threatening to quit, which presented a problem for Boris Johnson. Lee Kane's worked for him for a very long time. He didn't really want to see the back of Lee Kane. Could he manage a number 10 reshuffle that would keep all the warring factions happy? Amid the chaos of the last few months, the Prime Minister had recently created a new vacancy for a chief of staff. I was the first one to write that Boris Johnson was looking for a new chief of staff about a month ago. He'd approached Andrew Feldman, who was one of David Cameron's sidekicks, which in itself was quite a strange thing to do, given that most of the Vote Leave team regard the Cameroons with a sort of benign contempt. But Boris was looking around for someone to come in and take a firmer grip on the centre of power. And Dominic Cummings is a brilliant man in lots of ways, but he's only interested in three or four things and he tends to go off and focus on them. He's not a traditional chief of staff who takes an overview of the whole of Whitehall and looks at what problems are coming around the corner in a few months' time. And Boris Johnson felt quite a lot of mistakes were being made. So could he move Lee Kane from communications to another post that would keep him in the inner circle and would keep Dominic Cummings happy. 
when it became clear to Boris that he probably ought to get someone new to run his communications, he was then quite happily considering making Lee Kane the chief of staff himself. But when the news that Lee Kane was in talks about becoming chief of staff broke in the Times on Wednesday morning, all hell broke loose. This is a story that has been developing over the evening. It's the Prime Minister's chief advisor in number 10, Lee Kane, who has, well, resigned from his position. They are the Prime Minister's closest confidants, the key characters in a Downing Street drama that spilled out from behind that famous closed door and opened the government up to the charge. It's more focused on what's going on inside than out. You know, there have been concerns about the very strong influence of Lee Kane, who's particularly very close to Dominic Cummings, who is the Prime Minister's most senior political advisor. That subsequently put a huge number of noses out of joint amongst MPs and ministers, and as we all know now, with his own fiance Carrie Simons. And a power struggle has been raged. Following British politics over the last few years, you have seen a lot of very powerful people go from hero to zero in next to no time. All the people around David Cameron disappeared overnight. Theresa May's people then came in, were masters of all they survey until the 2017 election, and then were, were all out on their ear. Uh, and the Vote Leave gang have basically had 18 months in charge, and now it looks like they're being eclipsed as well. So Lee Kane over the last week has gone from a guy who was being sidelined as the head of government communications to being a presumptive chief of staff to being completely out on his ear. This is a, a dramatic human drama, however you look at it. What do we know about Lee Kane, the man at the heart of that drama? Well, he's a former tabloid journalist who, whilst he worked for the Mirror, famously dressed up as a chicken to stalk Tory ministers around Westminster, taunting them for refusing to take part in TV debates. Dominic Cummings I have never met. Uh, the man who's resigned, I, last, I only met when he chased me dressed as a chicken when he was campaigning for the Labour Party uh, a few years ago. And I have not, I'm afraid, met him since. And I've seen a decent enough chicken at the time. He began working for Boris Johnson when he was Foreign Secretary, stuck with him during the wilderness period on the backbenches, and was rewarded with the job of Downing Street Director of Communications in July 2019. He's quite softly spoken, but very firm in his views. He's, he looks like a bit of a bruiser, I think it's fair to say. He's, he shaves his head because his hair's thinned out, and that gives him a sort of, if he wants to strike a menacing pose, he can. He can be a terribly charming and, and good company. He's sort of one of those impishly fun people around Westminster. It's often quite good fun to have a drink with. But he has learned from his days at Vote Leave a particular brand of politics, which is that you attack, attack, attack. You double down on everything. If you make mistakes, you go big, you go large, you throw dead cats on the table to, to cover up your mistakes. And you constantly try to put all the, the people you're dealing with on the back foot. And that includes colleagues, it includes MPs and ministers, and it includes journalists. I've had a long and productive relationship with Lee Kane. I've also been on the receiving end of him playing hardball. What's and that I know, like? I, and I, well, it's, it's pretty uncomfortable sometimes. I've seen it from both sides sides. I've seen it as someone he's been happy to give stories to, and I've seen it from a position of someone who uh, has been on the naughty step, as they call it. So it can be a fairly uncomfortable place to be. These guys play for keeps. They play politics with the studs up. A lot of people like that because it can be successful. And the, the intriguing thing about this is that this is the first major battle these guys have lost in a very long time. They have gone in there 
They've shaped Boris Johnson in the way they want. And there's an element of Boris Johnson this week, I think, who would like to get back to being a more popular politician, uh, a less divisive politician, and someone who does not just want to go on the attack with everybody all the time. When you first heard that he was potentially up for a, a promotion, was that a bit of a surprise? Well, I suppose it was a surprise in that it's not usual to be someone who's being frozen out and then getting promoted. But in Boris Johnson and Dominic Cummings and Lee Kane, it sort of made a, a kind of sense. Boris Johnson traditionally doesn't like firing people. He remains quite loyal to people who are loyal to him. And Lee Kane has always been that. Lee Kane, when Boris Johnson was in hospital back in April, Lee Kane was effectively running the government. Because Dominic Cummings is not a traditional chief of staff who does everything and, and is in charge of everybody, Lee Kane has spent quite a lot of time over the last few months doing aspects of the job that you would traditionally imagine were being done by the chief of staff. And then if you throw in the idea that Dominic Cummings wanted to protect his position, would refuse to serve under any chief of staff who was not someone who was congenial to him, it then makes sense that his closest ally in government might be someone who he was prepared to work with. But those who've looked at government communications and said this is not a success, and those who've looked at Lee Kane's style, which even he would admit is pretty punchy and aggressive and have not liked it, they recoiled from that. And Boris Johnson had it made very clear to him that he would not be able to keep Allegra Stratton running his communications. He would be upsetting his fiancée and he would be alienating a large section of the Parliamentary Conservative Party if he went ahead with the appointment. And Lee Kane has effectively fallen on his sword as a consequence. I mean, that's so interesting. Was that the reaction in the party amongst backbenchers? Was it just anger and frustration? I think there was frustration and rage. Both Cummings and, to a lesser degree, Kane are not exactly complimentary about most MPs. When they were on vote leave, they froze out the MPs as, as much as they possibly could. Cummings in particular has fairly uh, well advertised contempt for most MPs. And they fed into the chief whip that they were not happy with this situation. And one of Boris Johnson's problems over recent months has been connecting with his own party. And this seemed to be something that was going to make that situation even more complicated and, from his point of view, worse. So I suspect he's quite grateful that Lee Kane agreed to go quietly. I mean, for most people around the country, they probably hadn't heard of him until this promotion was being mooted. He's very much a backroom man, even though, as you say, he was running the country very briefly. Nobody seemed to notice. What was happening in number 10 during that day when when the news was out that he might be promoted and by the end of the day it was quite clear that wasn't happening. Who were the main people against him and what's the agenda? Well, far and away, the most important people against him were Allegra Stratton, who would have walked if Lee Kane had taken on that role. Did she really threaten to? I, as someone put it to me on Friday, everybody's been threatening to resign all the time over the last week. Allegra made it clear that she didn't want to work under him. Carrie Simon's made it clear to Boris that she didn't think Lee Kane was appropriate. He's not the right guy for you, is what I'm told she was saying to him. What she wanted was someone who was not going to go to war with every journalist in the land and all the broadcasters um, and all the parliamentary party. Don't forget, Carrie Simons has this reputation of being this sort of slightly Machiavellian spouse figure, but she's rooted in conservative politics. She's served as a special advisor. She worked in conservative campaign headquarters herself. She knows the parliamentary party and she knows that they were very unhappy and she could see this potentially damaging Boris Johnson further. And, and she didn't think it was a good idea. There's no secret about that. But they were not alone. Manira Mirza, who's the head of policy, I don't think she sort of joined in this sort of feminist cabal that people have tried to depict this week. I don't think it's been quite like that at all. But she was unhappy, as I understand it, to see 
reference to the fact that Lee Kane, as chief of staff, was drawing up plans where only four people would have access to the prime minister. Funnily enough, him and Dominic Cummings were two of them. Allegra Stratton and Manira Mirza were none of them. They, they were oh. basically being told, you'll be frozen out. There are a lot of cabinet ministers who've objected to Dominic Cummings's behaviour over the years, who did not like the idea of his flank being shored up by the appointment of someone who they at least would see as one of Cummings's yes-men. I think Lee Kane's role is a good deal more sophisticated than that. But he's undeniably someone who has a huge loyalty to, to Dominic Cummings, and he has a huge loyalty to Boris Johnson as well. But some people have occasionally seen those things as being in conflict, and certainly members of the Cabinet object to the way that the Vote Leave gang in general behaves and have made no secret of that. They have a habit of parking themselves in the back of meetings that are supposed to be one-on-ones between the Prime Minister and a member of the Cabinet. And that doesn't go down terribly well with those members of the Cabinet. When Lee Kane was being considered for the Chief of Staff job, it was said that he was one of the few people who could force Boris Johnson to make a decision. It's a, a perennial complaint of people in government that Boris Johnson can make one decision and then he can make another one. And indeed, Mr Kane's fate is a slight parable of that. A guy who Boris Johnson has decided to move from one role, who instead of being fired was about to be promoted, and then that plan was torn up as well. You know, this is not so much a U-turn as a sort of S-bend swerve. The thing with Lee Kane and Dominic Cummings is they know their own mind to a degree that a lot of people in politics don't. They've got a set of principles, they know how they operate, they know what they want to do and how they want to get there. And that can be quite empowering for a prime minister to have around. It can also mean that that prime minister can feel sometimes a, a bit like he's being pushed around by overmighty subjects, as they would have said in the medieval era. Is this purge of number 10 advisers just a sign of an indecisive prime minister replacing one set of overbearing advisers with another. Many were alarmed by the role of Carrie Simons in this saga. How much power and influence does the prime minister's fiance wield over how government is run? As anyone who's ever worked in government will tell you, you can talk to the Premier uh, all you want, but at some point they go upstairs and the last person to speak to them before they go to bed at night is their partner. Tony Blair's people used to say the same. Gordon Brown's people used to say the same. Friends of Carrie Simons I've spoken to this week are enraged by the idea that she's some kind of Lady Macbeth. She's just someone who obviously has a view and she's more political than some spouses have been in times past. And it would have been odd if she didn't have a say. As Lee Kane announced he was resigning, an anxious and unproductive staff watched events unfold in Number 10. Well, there was then a very fraught day with everybody talking to each other, WhatsApping each other, phoning each other, phoning journalists, phoning their friends outside who were phoning journalists. Um, <laughs> every, and then a bunch of people apparently threatening to resign. A lot of the people who were loyal to to Cummings and Kane, threatening to walk out of the door, including Oliver Lewis, who's the sort of number two in the team negotiating Brexit, people working closely with Cummings in the building, people in the press office, a lot of whom feel loyal to Lee Kane. I think he had to tell a few of those not to bother resigning because it wouldn't make any difference. Boris Johnson called in a whole bunch of people on Wednesday night tried to persuade Oliver Lewis not to quit. I think he succeeded in that for the time being, that I would expect him to go around the same time as Cummings in the new year. Even David Frost, the chief negotiator on Brexit and the new national security adviser, was also threatening to walk. 
It is disputed whether Dominic Cummings asked all these people to resign to cause chaos and to show his strength. If he did do that, he failed because most of those people, at least in the short term, uh, reassured the Prime Minister that they were not going to do it. But there were a series of phone calls. Johnson to Cummings, who was out of the building. Oliver Lewis and Frost were in uh, Johnson's office. I think Frost was still there at about 10 o'clock on Wednesday evening being persuaded uh, what to do. Now, it's not impossible. David Frost is a beneficiary of all this and he might end up as chief of staff. There are a few names doing the rounds, but some people credibly think it might be him. So he's not going to walk, but it was absolute bedlam. And people who went in on Thursday say it was a sort of shell-shocked atmosphere. There's not a whole lot of work been done this week, apart from people wondering who's next out of the door, what's happening, who's won, who's up, who's down. This is the meat and drink of people who obsess about politics, but it's, it's not been a great week for the government. We'll be hearing more about the shake-up at Number 10 in just a moment. But for more political news, analysis and scoops, you can sign up to The Times and The Sunday Times. Subscribe today and enjoy one month free. Search for thetimes.co.uk forward slash stories of our times. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. As Lee Kane quit and a succession of former Vote Leave staffers also threatened to, seasoned political watchers noted that none of these tactics were new. They were a reminder of what now looks like a prophetic chapter in Vote Leave history, when Dominic Cummings and much of the Vote Leave team used the threat of mass resignations to shore up their power. A bunch of MPs tried to oust him, and the trick he played then was 
to get in touch with his sidekick, Cleo Watson, who was then at Vote Leave headquarters and say, you know, get everybody to say they'll walk out with me. And that's what happened. Um, all the key members of the team, including Lee Kane, agreed that they would go. And Cummings turned around to the board of Vote Leave and said, if you get rid of me, you're going to lose your entire operation. And they thought twice about it. It's a classic piece of Cummings, you know, hardball politics, catching out people less prepared than him and less with less willpower than him. And he won. Lee Kane learned from that when he was working for Boris Johnson on the leadership election. Boris Johnson was casting around for a director of communications and had asked a couple of people, neither of whom was that keen to do it. But Lee Kane knew he was looking elsewhere and he went in and said, if you don't want me for the job, I'm off. And a few days later, he was appointed Boris Johnson's director of communications. So Lee Kane had tried the resigning trick before. Uh, Dominic Cummings had tried the get everybody to resign on your behalf trick before and it had worked. Um, doesn't look like it worked this week. In a way, from the factions that you've described, would there have been a lot of people in the party who would have been quite relieved if all the Vote Leave staff had had walked? Yeah, I think, I mean, the the intriguing thing, of course, is that even most Brexiteer MPs don't like the Vote Leave team because they were so rude to them during the campaign. Cummings and those who take his view, most of those MPs are morons and had failed Euroscepticism for 20 years. And it was only when he got involved that they won a referendum. And frankly, any impartial observer would say that there's something in that analysis. But MPs are very grand individuals and do not like to be disparaged. And this is about the ear of the Prime Minister. It's about whether he's listening to MPs and MPs want to feel that they're being listened to. Bernard Jenkin was on a rival radio channel on Friday saying, well, what we need are very experienced people who've been around for a very long time. And it's like, who could he possibly meet? <laughs> it does sound like a bit of a pitch. They don't like these guys. They think they're young, cocky, good-for-nothings who ought to be put back in their box. And to a degree this week, they have been. Inside number 10, was there sort of a huge row? between Cummings and Boris. I mean, he must have been hemorrhaging power when Lee Kane had gone and people weren't resigning. How did that play out? Well, anyone who knows Dominic Cummings knows he doesn't go quietly and he was making his presence felt. There have been some accounts in some newspapers of blazing rows on Wednesday night between Cummings and Johnson, which would have been quite difficult because Cummings wasn't even in the building. My understanding (laughs) is they had a telephone conversation and yes, probably it did get a bit heated. But quite often what passes for a blazing row in politics is just pointed and difficult and awkward and not always everybody shouting at each other. Cummings is only occasionally a shouter. But certainly it was a bizarre, intense evening where anyone in the building didn't quite know what was happening. I mean, I know other Vote Leave people in that building who were phoning their friends and saying, oh my God, I'm going to have to resign, but I haven't got a clue what's going on. Is Dom going? Is he staying? I don't know. What will I have to do? So it was febrile and one of those nights where you just keep your phone on and wait for intriguing calls to come in. This has been a festering sore for a long time. Boris Johnson wants to be a popular prime minister He has been successful because he played hardball politics um, over Brexit in the autumn of 2019 and again during the general election. They've tried to play hardball politics with a virus and they've been less successful about it. And Boris Johnson's begun to realise that this may be slightly counterproductive. It wasn't just Vote Leave's hardball style that caused problems. There have been a series of incidents which have undermined Boris Johnson's trust in this team. I wrote a story back in January about how Number 10 wanted to uh, basically blow up the BBC. And it very quickly became clear that um, Boris Johnson was at odds with Cummings and Kane over that approach. There have been personnel incidents where 
they've taken a fairly brutal approach to HR relations with some special advisors. One of those cases was settled out of court with Sonia Khan, who Dominic Cummings marched out of the building. Lee Kane peremptorily fired Grant Shapps's special advisor, Neil Tweedy, quite recently. And that is still the subject of ongoing potential legal action. The case of Sonia Khan, who Dominic Cummings had sacked, was settled out of court at the end of last week, just as Cummings left number 10. He always had a reputation for treating special advisers very badly. And if the tribunal had gone ahead, ministers and half of number 10 might have been called to give evidence. So was it a factor? Yes, I think it was becoming awkward. And I I think the timing of the settlement is not a coincidence. My understanding is that Dominic Cummings felt like he had a good case and would and was going to win the tribunal and was absolutely determined to go and fight it. Because guess what? Dominic Cummings likes to fight. Pretty well everybody else in Downing Street thought having the Prime Minister's senior advisor in an employment tribunal with the potential for Sonia Khan to call members of the cabinet or even the Prime Minister to testify as well was a PR disaster of absolute exotic proportions uh, that needed to be knocked on the head. And it seems hardly a coincidence that it's been settled at this time. But yes, it matters. It matters to people who work in there. Governments have a culture, and if they're aggressive and potentially slightly bullying, then that filters through at all levels. And a lot of the culture of this government has been a culture that flows from the personality of Dominic Cummings. And I think what Boris Johnson has wanted to do is is to have a government that flows a little bit more from the personality of Boris Johnson. As someone put it to me this week, what these events show is that Boris Johnson wishes, finally, to be the Prime Minister rather than have the job done for him by others. Given all of that, was Dominic Cummings, did he jump or was he pushed? Boris Johnson had taken the view some weeks ago that he wanted to make changes which would involve Dominic Cummings not being there much past um, the start of the year. Now, has he fired Dominic Cummings? No, he hasn't. Has this series of events made it that Dominic Cummings doesn't wish to stick around? Yes. Is Boris Johnson content with that? I think the answer to that is yes. These things are are not simple. So what did you make of the explanation? I I know Dominic Cummings has been briefing that he blogged about this at the start of the year. He was always going to be gone by Christmas. Well, I've known Dominic Cummings for a very long time and he, he has predicted that he would only last for a few months in every job that he's ever done. I remember three or four months before he left Michael Gove at education, him telling me that he wouldn't be around much past the start of the next year. And thus it proved, as one of his friends put it to me this week, he's been saying since January that he'd probably be only be around for four more months. Finally, it is true. So is he someone who was likely to be there at the next election? I never believed that, and I don't think he ever expected to be. He wanted to get civil service reform up and running. He wants to, to create this ARPA outfit that will funnel public cash to innovative ideas in the private sector, and he wanted to do Brexit. And, and as I say, I think he'll be able to say that he's done at least part of all of that, and he will go off and he's a restless soul coming. So he'll go off and find something else to do. He'll disappear for a while. You won't hear anything of him for probably the better part of a year. And then suddenly he'll resurface with one of his 20,000-word blogs and everyone will pay uh, interest again. So who are the new power players in number 10? Obviously there's Allegra, but who, who else, now that, now that Cummings and Kane are, are on the way out, who else will really matter? Well, that remains to be seen a little bit. It depends who they appoint as chief of staff. Various names are doing the rounds. I mean, it'll be instructive. Will Boris Johnson give the job to David Frost uh, and keep a sort of prominent member of the referendum group in in that post? Or will he bring back a big beast 
politico like Sajid Javid, who I understand he's had conversations with about the job? Or do they bring in a faceless, effective bureaucrat? I think you're also going to see other people brought in to do specific jobs. One of the names I'm hearing is a chap called Neil O'Brien, who worked for George Osborne and for Theresa May uh, at the top of government. He's now a Tory MP. Word is he's going to be doing a, some, some kind of number 10 job, reaching out to the North and doing this levelling up agenda and making that properly work. So those are some of the names you're hearing, but it will take shape in the coming weeks. And by the new year, you will see Allegra Stratton striding out to give her first press conference and you will see a slightly different tone. So just how different will the new number 10 be? Is this a change of tone or a fundamental change in policy? Nobody, I think, thinks it won't change a bit as a result of all of this. You know, Lee Kane's gone, Dominic Cummings is going, and that is going to change things, undeniably. And the people who appear to be winning this battle want to do things differently. What will be interesting is whether there's a political change, because the the people who support Lee Kane and Dominic Cummings will say, look, you know, You've got to, as the phrase goes, dance with the ones what brung you to the ball. Um, You know, (laughs) Vote Leave won him the leadership election. They won him the general election. And it's a mistake to ditch them. You know, his mandate is from Leave voters. And they try to depict uh, Carrie Simons and Allegra Stratton as kind of uh, posh southern public school girls who were a bit soft and a bit sort of, you know, back to the days of David Cameron. Well, it's not quite as simple as that because both of those uh, women voted for Brexit, which is not widely understood. What their argument is, is that what you need is something more competent that will actually deliver on what Boris Johnson has been talking about, this levelling up agenda, which is supposed to help, you know, the people in those northern seats, which he won over with his Brexit message. They now need to deliver for those people. Boris Johnson believes that. And I think had come to realise that the psychodrama at the heart of Downing Street with all these guys going on the attack all the time was not necessarily the best way to achieve that. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, the political editor of The Sunday Times, Tim Shipman. You can read more of Tim's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print on Sundays. The producers today were James Shield and Poppy Damon. Sound design was by Falcon Kisseltuk, and the executive producer is Poppy Damon. If you have a story that you think we should be covering, an idea for a future episode or any thoughts on what you've just heard, you can email us at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. See you tomorrow. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. 
Code program. Hi, I'm Jane Garvey. And I'm Fee Glover. Off Air with Jane and Fee is going live. We are taking to the stage at the amazing Crucible Theatre in Sheffield on Friday the 31st of May. It'll be a night full of surprises. We'll have a special guest, we'll involve you in the audience and we'll embarrass ourselves. You really won't want to miss it. Well, the surprises, we don't yet know what's in it, so it genuinely is a night of surprises. Well, you've surprised me already. Uh, it's not just us. Our live show is part of an exciting new podcast festival called Crossroads wires which is taking place in some really amazing venues across sheffield from the 31st of may to the 2nd of june so other podcasters that you'll be able to see include katie price Catherine ryan romash ranganathan and the original adam buxton but there's also a whole host of free fringe events family shows surprise acts and after parties that jane and i haven't yet been invited to i'm sure it's only a matter of time head to crosswires.live for tickets and more information